service. Glad to see you here tonight. If you would stand with me, please. Let's turn to page 653. Page 653, I feel like traveling on. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse as we begin together tonight. Page 653, let's sing it out together. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Nor pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. It's glittering towers, the sun outshines. I feel like traveling on. That heavenly mansion shall be mine. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. The to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen, and I uh, trust you are adjusting to the uh, time change. Boy, that's a blessing, isn't it? I'm telling you right now, uh, but uh, good to be in God's uh, house uh, tonight, and uh, sure thankful that you're here. Had a good day uh, today, had our chapel time, and and uh, with our kids at our school, looking forward uh, to tonight as we continue on uh, in Ephesians, and so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Sure thankful you're here. Brother Rich Raymer, would you pray for us tonight, brother? Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Did just have a uh, few announcements, of course. Uh, don't forget about this coming uh, Friday is our church hayride uh, and cookout. And looks like we got a uh, wonderful uh, group signed up uh, out there. And again, if you're uh, planning on uh, going to that uh, and you haven't signed up yet, just uh, please sign up. That way we make sure we got enough. Uh, hot dogs and and things like that uh, for the cookout and then of course there's some sign-up sheets still uh, out there I think most everything's filled up outside of the boxes of individual uh, potato chips and then also sodas and 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 stuff like that and so if you could help us out with that again those are out there and we sure appreciate uh, that of course it is over at the uh, Watson's uh, seniors uh, house and so just wanted to mention that uh, tonight, and typically what we do every year is we take a uh, bus over uh, from the church over there. That way it kind of eliminates a lot of the traffic and things like that uh, out there at their house, and we've got move, uh, room to move around and things like that, do the hayride and, and stuff. And so the bus uh, will be leaving here from the church at 6.30. So again, if you do plan on uh, using that, make sure that you're here uh, by then, and we'll make sure to get you over there safe. Uh, and sound. Okay, and then of course this coming Sunday, if you have young people uh, in the uh, teen class, uh, there'll be a teen activity following the evening service this coming Sunday, and then also uh, a week from this coming Friday be a youth rally 
at First Baptist Church in Mission, Kansas. And then Sunday, November the 20th, of course, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Looking forward to our uh, Thanksgiving banquet that we have every year. I believe we're going to do three turkeys and three hams this year. And so, Lord willing, we'll have plenty of, of uh, food. And so if you could just help us out with the side dishes and, and uh, desserts, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, there'll be plenty of uh, groceries to go around, so to speak. And so it'll be just, uh, just want to make sure everybody knows it'll be regular morning service times. Uh, and then, of course, we'll go over to the E.J. Watson Gymnasium and then come back for the afternoon service. Be no evening service that night. And then also make sure to be aware uh, the, the midweek service that week of Thanksgiving is moved to Tuesday night uh, at 7 o'clock. And so that's Tuesday, November the 22nd. Of course, if you have kids in school, uh, in the Faith Baptist Christian School, they'll be going on break that Wednesday of, of uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, be dismissing, uh, or I'm sorry, they'll be actually... Are they dismiss at noon on Wednesday? Is that what it is? Okay, so Thanksgiving break, they'll dismiss at noon on Wednesday, and then, of course, be through the weekend, and then come back to school Monday, November the 28th. Of course, some other things coming up in Christmas uh, time, uh, and the calendars are out there. Make sure that you're aware that Christmas is on a Sunday this year. We are having one service. That'll be at 1030 in the morning on Christmas Day, but looking forward to being with God's people on that day. Amen. And uh, that'll be a real uh, blessing. All right, if you have your prayer list tonight, let's go ahead and take those out, and uh, we're going to go ahead and go through our prayer uh, list tonight, and uh, if you have an update or anything uh, like that, of course, uh, do continue to pray for Brother Roy McRae, good to see him here uh, tonight, and uh, continue to pray for his cataract surgery uh, recovery that he had last week, and still uh, kind of healing up from that and seeing if there's any uh, improvement. Of course, continue to pray for Miss Carolyn Moore uh, over in the Good Samaritan uh, assisted living there. Uh, and as far as I know, she's still kind of battling that pneumonia, and so pray for her. And then also Miss Doris Clark, uh, and uh, continue to remember her in prayer. Good to see Brother Gene and Miss Ginger uh, Sexton that were here are uh, here tonight, and uh, Brother Gene's birthday tonight. Amen. And so make sure to harass him. Amen. And give him a hard time. Real blessing. Uh, there, but do continue to pray uh, for them. Anybody have a uh, prayer request or an update or anything like that at this time? And uh, we'll make sure to get that on there. So, Brother Matt? Okay. We're good. Okay. That's all I want to know. I don't need any other details. Amen. So, but sure glad uh, that's a real blessing there. So, in fact, I didn't add you on there because I knew you'd mentioned that in men's prayer. So, sure thankful for that. All right. Anybody else tonight got a prayer request or an update? All right, Miss Kristen. Okay. Okay, so he's got a specialist appointment that needs to get taken care of, and so continue to pray, uh, though, for Brother Will and, and his liver uh, situation. That's a pretty dangerous thing there, so we need to certainly be praying for him. Anybody else tonight uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, Miss Melanie? Okay. She's now what? Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. So we can take Leslie Smith off there and just remember her family in prayer this week, and we'll get her off the prayer list, though. So absolutely. All right. So let's continue to pray for Miss Melanie Edler, though, and her health as well as the housing uh, situation. Anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. I know our bodies are telling us it's already 8 o'clock, but it's really 7 o'clock, all right? So hang in there uh, tonight, and uh, <clears throat> I, don't, <clears throat> I don't know. It seems like I run, I, I, run, I do better when the spring, we spring forward. We lose an hour of sleep, but I think I run better uh, that way than I do the other way. But, uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll recuperate and bounce back here, but... Uh, anyways, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight. Remember these things. And then certainly we have a whole prayer list full of folks that are 
you know, going through battles and, and things uh, like that. And uh, sure thankful we got a God we can go to the Lord in prayer too. Amen. And he hears and answers. So Brother C. Parker, would you pray for us uh, tonight? recent uh, prayer letter from our missionaries Steve and Kelly Mowry there in Spain. He says, we had a special service in October to celebrate the 23rd anniversary of the church here in Mercia. We invited a guest speaker and had many visitors. We prepared a video presentation to review the blessings of the year and challenged ourselves to look forward to greater blessings and service. Now that the pandemic is over, we are resuming some of our special services. The ladies of our church, under the direction of my wife, did an outstanding job preparing and hosting a regional meeting. There were many churches represented, and the ladies received much-needed fellowship and spiritual teaching. Our daughter Susie and her husband informed us a few weeks ago that they were expecting their second child. Uh, we are expecting another grandson. We praise the Lord for that. Pray that the baby will develop well and that Susie will get over her nausea. We are truly blessed. This will be our seventh grandchild, and we are still excited. We were able to take 14 teens and drivers to the nearby city of Almeria to participate in their regional meeting. It was also a wonderful experience for the young people and very practical. We had a question and answer time that addressed many teen issues. I received a lot of positive feedback that it was beneficial. We pray that the word of God will make an impact and change these lives. Please continue to pray for Jose Antonio, Diego, or Diego's father, and visitors regarding salvation. And then uh, pray for leaders in the church here, as well as, as we look for an assistant pastor to help in the work. Your faithful giving makes it possible to be here, but it's your prayers that make us effective. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family and your churches. So, wonderful update there. Let's continue to pray for them. And, uh, uh, you know, as they're, they've been there for uh, 23 years now, just celebrated the anniversary. So, thankful for that uh, wonderful update there. 
Brother Dave Shane, would you pray for the Maoris as well as our other missionaries? Would you stand with me one last time, please? Let's turn to page 636. Page number 636, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. We'll sing all three verses tonight. Page number 636, sing it out on that first verse. I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall ne'er get sight of the gates of light If the way of the cross I miss The way of the cross leads home The way of the cross leads home It is sweet to know as I onward go The way of the cross leads home I must needs go on in the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod. If I ever climb to the heights sublime, where the soul is at home with God. The way of the cross leads home, the way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go, the of the cross leads home Then I bid farewell To the way of the world To walk in it nevermore For my Lord says come And I seek my home Where he waits at the open door The way of the cross leads home The way of the cross leads home it is sweet to know as I onward go, the way of the cross leads home. Amen. Please remain standing tonight. Get your Bibles ready for the message. Appreciate that tonight. All right, Ephesians in chapter number four tonight, uh, the book of Ephesians and, and uh, chapter number four tonight. And uh, last week we looked at, at uh, verses 17, 18, and, and 19, and I actually want to pick up there tonight and read those just so you and I can uh, just, you know, if you were here last week to remind ourselves as to where we're at. Uh, but of course, if this is your uh, first uh, uh, look at this uh, little section here, you can certainly see the idea and the context of everything uh, that we're going to dive into tonight that follows that. So verse number 17, okay, and Paul has already dealt with the subject of unity and certainly talking about pastors and, and teachers and, and uh, given for, so that the body might have unity, but also spiritual growth. And that's where the subject begins to shift now into spiritual growth. And in verse 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. And so the idea is to understand that if you've been saved tonight and you've been placed in Christ Jesus, then your walk or your way of life, it's meant to change. Uh, be fact, and right here, the word vanity means empty, okay? And so we're supposed to go from empty to being full. 
All right, because God's the one that satisfies the soul of man. Look at verse number 18. It says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And so this is the idea of this, that rather than walking in darkness, we're to be walking in the light, right? And then in verse number 20, it says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And so that's the idea of this, rather than having apathy and beyond feeling that we're to be full of, of God's love and God's grace. Okay, and notice he says, but ye, see, all of this is meant to be different because look at what he says in verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and, been, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So Paul makes it very clear that your walk and my walk, if you've been saved, it should be different than the walk that you had before you got saved. <laughs> All right, but here's the thing. He doesn't just say, hey, your walk's supposed to be different. What happens is this. He shows you how, it's, how to make it different. Look at what he says in verse 24, or 22. rather. He says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is after God cre is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye, not, be ye angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the, things which, the thing which is good, that he, he, may be, he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I think Paul would be kicked out of most Baptist churches today for preaching that. But you understand, it's really this. Your life and my life is to change. And He gives us the instruction on how to do that tonight. And it's really basically two simple principles tonight that we are to put off and put on, and then we're to put out and put in. That's it. That, that's the simplicity of it. Wow, preacher, it's not any deep. Nope, because you know why? Because God wants your life to change. And He's made it so that you and I can do that. So the question tonight then becomes this, how is your walk? And here's what I would say to you tonight, because if it, if it more lines up with the stuff that you're supposed to put out or to put off, then my friend, you've got problems. You've got problems. And so we're going to look at that uh, tonight. Father, would you bless the preaching of your word tonight? And God, help me to preach it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. <coughs> and my son, uh, you know, even now he's, you know, still uh, enjoys some of the Lego stuff. But when he was a kid, he was certainly big into it. And I, one of the things that always just, you know, I, I remember having Legos when I was a kid. But Legos now are way different than I, I was. Number one, they're way more expensive. <laughs> but number two, they're way more uh, complicated. And I remember he got this, he got this, it was some kind of Superman thing. I don't know if it was Superman and Lex Luthor and some kind of deal that he was, you know, Lex Luthor was supposed to be operating. Anyways, I'm looking at that picture in the box, and we had dumped out all the Legos on the kitchen table, and I'm like, how does that mess right there go to what it's supposed to be on the picture on the box? And, and one of the things I was very thankful for is there was a, there was a pretty thick instruction manual that just gave you a step-by-step -step process, so to speak, and and that, you know, and, and so as you follow it step by step, you get through with it. Well, thankfully, what we ended up with looked exactly like what was, the picture was on the box. Well, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that that's exactly what you and I see in our text tonight. All right, so you understand, one, it starts with us being saved tonight and, and being placed in Christ Jesus. You understand that tonight? And that you cannot be saved by any works or anything like that. You must be saved by repentance toward God in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But also, you've also got to understand this, that salvation is only the beginning of what God wants to do in your life and in mine. He wants to change us, friend. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to take us from being empty on the inside to being full and, and satisfied and, and from walking in darkness to walking in light and, 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 and from apathy to having His love in our life and, and being in love with Him and walking in His his love. And, and so the idea of our text tonight is really, it's an instruction manual. And that if we'll learn to follow it in our life, then you and I can go from being the mess that we were to being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ and coming out on the other side, kind of looking like the pitcher on the box, if you will. And so that's the idea here. So let's, well, I got a long way to go tonight. So let's dive uh, right into this, but basically it's simply this, to put off and to put on and to put out and to put in. And so let's dive right into this and, and look at this and look at verse number 22 tonight. He says that if that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which is, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, basically, the way that I put it is this. We're to put off corruption, and we're to put on Jesus Christ. All right? And, and hopefully you see that from verse number 22, that you put off the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt, and that you put on, in verse number 24, the new man, all right, which, is, which after God is created in, in, in righteousness and in true holiness. The little phrases there to put off and to put on, all it is is a simple illustration, if you will, to demonstrate the daily decisions that you and I must make if our walk is to change. Okay? That's all it is. As you choose, as you choose to take one, you know, the old coat off and put the new coat on, that's the same idea. That's, that's all it is. And, and notice, though, that there are obviously two distinct natures, aren't there? Come on, y'all, y'all with me tonight? I know, listen, I know time change is messing everybody up, but stay with me tonight, if you will, and, and, and watch all of this because there are two distinct natures. There's the old man in verse number 22. He's representative of the old way of life, the former conversation. He is a life that was lived in the flesh. Okay, that's the old man. But in verse 24, you have the new man. He is representative of Christ within us, the hope of glory. And we are, we are now new creatures if we've been placed in Christ Jesus. We are indwelt with the Spirit of God. All right? And so His desire, the Spirit's desire, is to lead us into this righteousness and true holiness. So a saved person has two natures within them. Right? You've got the old man and the new man. The flesh and the spirit. Um, and, and if you go to Colossians, you'll find out those two are contrary to one another. Listen, they, they, they go in opposite directions. They bunt heads from time to time. But the point of the verse is to say this, that if we want our lives to change, and we should, then we must learn daily to deny the flesh, the old man, the corrupt nature, all right, and, and give heed and submit ourselves to the Spirit of God and, 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 uh, and obedience to Him and, and following Him according to the Word of God if we're to be conformed into the image of Christ. Okay, so how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, well here's what I would say to you. Look at verse 23. He says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And I think this, this is what I wrote down. I believe this. I believe it starts with changing our minds in how we think. And I, really, I believe this. I believe this goes back to the previous verses that we saw uh, last week where the whole, the whole idea of the paragraph was to get you and I to understand that our lives are to change in Christ Jesus. And I realize that you and I tonight, many of us would understand that. But what I find ironic is that we're living in a culture today that does love the name of Jesus Christ, but yet, uh, you know, especially in the religious culture, yet they aren't changing. 
And so you and I need to understand tonight that if we are saved, we do. We, it is an expectation that we would change, that we would understand that. And this kind of goes right along with that because what God is saying is this, is that if there is to be a change outwardly in your life, then it starts inwardly. It starts with you changing your mind in how you think. You are to change, friend. God expects that. But it begins with you and I understanding that and, and, and beginning to change. Listen, we must understand that God wants to make a change in our lives. But according to verse 23, it starts with a change in our hearts and in our lives in the daily decisions and choices that you and I make. And really what I believe is this. I believe he gives us some things even in this passage to help us with that. You know, here's, here's what I, I believe he does. I believe he lets us know, and, and you and I need to know this tonight. You need to realize just how, well, just how deceptive your flesh truly is. I mean, look, look at what he says in verse number 22. He says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt. Look at this. According to the deceitful lust. Um, you remember that, you know, that fullness and, and having that light and, and having that love that we looked at last week. That, you know, the Gentiles, are, that, that, they're seeking after that stuff, but really it's empty and it's darkness and it's, and it's apathy. Right? Well, I got I to be honest. I think every person desires those things. I mean, really, they do. And, 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 and so you understand, but, but in order to have those things, you and I have to recognize that it centers around what God wants our lives to be from the previous verses. But, but here's the thing. What you have to understand is this, is that you're following after your flesh and chasing after the devil and the world. That's never going to bring those things. It's never going, listen, here's what's going to happen. It's a cheap imitation of what God has for you. That's really what it is. It's, it's kind of like keto bread. So we started the keto diet about a week and a half ago, and it's working awesome. But my wife, I was like, man, I need, you know, there's going to be times where I'm just, I need some sustenance, man, and I don't want to go in there and grab a bag of potato chips if I need to make a sandwich. So she bought me some keto bread. And so sure enough, last Wednesday night, she had made a big thing of soup. And so uh, we got done with the services and we went home that night and I ate a big uh, bowl of soup and I was like, that ain't enough. And so I got the keto bread out and I put, you know, put the slices out there and made me a ham and cheese sandwich and I put it together and I went and sat down next to my wife and I took a bite out of it. And my face was like, <laughs> she goes, is it good? And I went, what do you think? I said, it tastes like ham and cheese on cardboard. You, you understand? I was, that, that bag lied. That was not bread. Does anybody get one? Listen, listen, I'm telling you, you, you run off into this stuff out here and following after the desires of your flesh. It might be pleasure of sin for a season, but you mark it down. It's not going to be in the light of God's word. It's not going to be, listen, you're not going to have God's love and grace and blessings on your life. And you're certainly not going to end with fulfillment and satisfaction. Those are only things that God can meet. The sooner you realize how deceptive your flesh is, the better off you will be because you will begin to understand to deny that and to give heed to the Spirit of God. Be, be a fact, look at what else he says. Look at verse number Verse number 25, all right? And let me show you something else, friend. Because here's, look at verse number 24. He says, and, and that you put on the new man, which, which after God is created in, in righteousness and in, in true holiness. And that's really the second thing. It's to understand the source of where, of where true holiness and, and righteousness comes from. Because here's the thing. One of the ways in which our flesh will try to deceive us is by looking for loopholes. Trying to find ways that imitate the things of God, but yet gratify our desires and our lusts and our flesh. And then we begin to justify, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. When the reality is, you're not doing that which is true holiness. 
in righteousness. I believe Paul made it a point, friend. The Spirit of God made it a point to put that in there, friend. True holiness literally means holiness according to truth. Last time I checked, this was true. So I believe what Paul is saying is this. <laughs> and it's to get us to understand that holiness and righteousness is not determined by what we think or how we feel or what somebody else is doing. It's determined by what the Word of God has to say. You understand that, friend? I'm, listen, I... And, 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 by, and truly, the Spirit of... I mean, listen, you, you understand that's ultimately what it's saying is to put on the new man, meaning this, to submit yourself to the Spirit of God. And doesn't that just go right along with that? Because after all, He's ultimately the author of the Word of God. I mean, the holy, holy men of God spake and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I'm just simply saying this, that, that heeding to the Spirit of God in our lives, that is synonymous with heeding to the Word of God in our lives because this, my friend, is where true holiness and righteousness is found for the child of God. So the bottom line is this, is that the flesh is deceptive and it leads us into corruption, but it's the Spirit that brings us into the obedience of the truth of the, of the Word of God. And that, my friend, is where you find, you find fulfillment, you find light, and you find love. But ultimately, it's this, friend. If you want all of that, it's there for the taking if you've been placed in Christ. But what I'm saying to you tonight, and really what he's saying is this, is that you're going to have to get to a place in your life where you understand those things, and then you make it a personal decision and to resolve that I'm going to deny the flesh in my life, and I'm going to heed the Spirit of God in my life. And that's, that's daily, you and I got to decide that. That's continually, you and I have to decide that. You, listen, you're going to have to choose between giving in to temptation or obedience to Christ. You're, you're going to have to choose between getting up tomorrow morning and reading your Bible and praying, or you're going to give in to the flesh, and you're going to sleep in or watch TV or get on social media or whatever it is your flesh wants to do. You're, you're going to have to choose between all right, am I going to be in my place on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and whenever the doors are open, or am I going to give in to my flesh and, and just, you know, pop in every now and then or just come Sunday mornings or, you know, or just, you know, stay home and watch the game or, or watch TV or watch, uh, watch the services online, which, by the way, is wrong if you're able to be here. But you're going to have to decide those things. You're going to have to choose between trusting God and giving your tithe and faith promise missions and that God will supply or you're going to lean on the flesh and do whatever the flesh wants you to do. You're going to have to choose between the things you say and do and the places you go and whether those are the things that the flesh wants or it's what God commands to do in His Word. Folks, I'm telling you, I could go on and on and on with all of the different scenarios that the child of God must make. But the bottom line is this. You're either choosing to put off the things of the flesh and choosing to put on the things of Christ or you're not doing anything and you're just going right along with the flesh. It's as simple as that. And you can, God wants to make a change in your life tonight, but you're going to have to decide. And you go, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Well, go ahead. But you'll answer for that. And I'll guarantee you this, you won't find fulfillment and satisfaction and you won't have light in your life and be walking in the light or in the love of God in your life. I always like the illustration that Billy Graham gave in, a, in his book on, <laughs> on the Holy Spirit and, and activating God's power in your life. And he told the story about the Eskimo fisherman and his two wolf dogs. And the Eskimo fisherman had two wolf dogs. One was black and one was white. And he'd take them every Saturday and go to the different villages. And, he'd, and they, he had trained them to fight on command. And, and uh, so he'd take bets with the villagers and... And then he'd command his dogs to fight. And sometimes the black one would win and sometimes the white one would win. But what was funny was the old Eskimo, he always won. And finally somebody asked him, said, how, how, how come you know which one's going to win? And he said this, he said, 
I starve one and feed the other, and the one I feed always wins because he is stronger. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that it's the same with us. The more we are renewed in our minds and choose the Spirit over the flesh, the more we are putting on Christ and putting off the flesh, victory begins to take place, change begins to happen in our walk, and a new life of light and love and fulfillment begins to take place in our life. All right, let's go to verse number 25. Maybe we should just cancel service tonight since y'all aren't into this thing. But look at verse number 25. Because he goes on, and so it starts with a decision of putting off and putting on. But it's followed up with putting out of evil and putting on, or putting in rather, of righteousness. And so look at verse number 25. He says, Wherefore put away lying every man, and speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So really what Paul does here in this verse and on down through here is he begins to move into what I would say is more specific instruction, particularly what that righteousness and true holiness looks like in verse number 24 that we just saw. As we put off the old man and we put on Christ, there will obviously be some things that need to be put out of our lives, but also some things that are put into our lives. And and notice too also verse number 30 at the end of this first little section here. He says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And, And you understand the word grieve right there, it means to cause distress or to make sorry. You, folks, you understand tonight if you're saved, you're indwelt with this Holy Spirit. And He is a He, not an It. He's not an impersonal force. This is not Star Wars and the mumbo-jumbo of Hollywood. This is God living within us. You, you understand that? He is a person living within us, and He is there to guide us into this, this new man, this new life, that, that God wants to bless us with. But you understand, if we refuse that, He can be grieved. He can be made to feel sorry or cause distress. Uh, because, and here's why. Look at where He says this. He brings this out. He says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And then He says this, whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Now you understand, Paul's not stopping there to go, hey, just so you make sure that you know that, you're, you, you, know, that, that, that you can't lose your salvation. He's not stopping there to go into this whole discussion or, or whatever on, on, on eternal security. The reason that he puts that in there is to say that, yes, he does seal you into the day of redemption. You are eternally secure in your salvation. But he puts that in there to let you know that if the Spirit of God does that in your life, then he has the very best intentions for you. So why not submit yourself to him and let him have his will and his way in your life and, 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 and learn to deny the flesh and give heed to the Spirit of God in what He wants to do in your life. That's what He's saying. And, and here's the things that He begins to say that, that really I, He kind of goes into a little greater detail here on things that need to change in our life. The first section here is what I would call external changes. Things that, I mean, immediately on the outside that you and I can begin to make different. Like, for instance, our tongue. Look at what he says in verse 25 again. He says, Wherefore, put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Then down in verse number 29, uh, listen, it, it, uh, it's interesting. It begins with the tongue and it ends with the tongue. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto, unto life. So it begins with the tongue. It's dealt with twice and it's dealt with last. Uh, dealt with first and dealt with last. And I believe the reason is twofold. It's because of the power of the tongue. But it's also the tongue is usually the first area to reveal whether or not we put on Christ or we're still letting the old man have his way. James says it like this, man, the tongue, it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, we put bits in the horse's mouth. Or it's like the rudder on the, you know, the small rudder on the rear of the ship. You understand what he's saying is this. In fact, he goes on down and says it, it can defile the whole body. 
James says that. The point is this. Though the tongue is small, it's powerful. (laughs) Have you ever tried to grab a horse and stop it? By yourself? I did one time. We were horseback riding uh, with our girls for their birthdays when they were smaller. And uh, one of the horses just kind of, you know, got loose and took off. And it came running by me. And so I had the bright idea that, you know, I was going to stop that horse. And, you know, 1,500 pounds shouldn't be that big of a deal. None of that ever crossed my mind. And I grabbed that horse and I woke up staring at the ground and my face was in the dirt. Because he just grabbed, listen, I didn't even slow him down. I was like a gnat, you know, just get out of the way. But you understand, you put a bit in the horse's mouth and you, listen, you got control. What James is saying is this, that's how the tongue is. That's how the tongue is. You, listen, it's, it's powerful. Listen to this. It can both defile us, but it can also determine the direction of our spiritual lives. Think about that. Your tongue. So I, I believe Paul is right here to say this. It'd be good for us to take heed how we use it. And I, and I realize that James says, well, you know, preacher, James says this, no man can tame the tongue. Well, that's not your excuse to be wicked with it. Because though James says that, God made the tongue and I believe God can tame it. And I listen in, and let me let me help you. Listen, so so here's what he says to put out the bad. Well, what's what's the bad preacher? Well, here's what the bad is. He says this that we're to now notice. He says to put away lying, and and and, and so he says, and, and then to speak every man the truth with his neighbor. So we're to put away lying from among us. Should be a no brainer. Well, no, 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 now well, you know this. That was just a white lie. Doesn't matter. It's a lie. I don't know what that means. Was it a white lie or green lie or yellow lie or purple lie? Which one's the worst? They're all lies. And it doesn't really matter. Well, you know, as a little fib. It's still a lie. Give it a cute little name like fib, but it's still a lie. It's what it is. It's a lie. It's, lie is a lie just like gossip is gossip and slander is slander. You know, and I, listen, I came up in the South where it was like, well, you know, bless their heart. And then you, that was almost like, that was, a, that was a clarification that you could now say whatever you wanted and it wasn't gossip or slander. As long as you put bless their heart in front of them. I'm not, or I'm not telling you this to gossip. I'm telling you this so you can be praying. Yeah, because God doesn't know anything about that. You, you look, look at, look, you, look up here. You, you can look at me like I'm crazy, but the reality is we have little colloquialisms and nonsense that we use all the time to justify the wickedness of our tongue. And what Paul's saying is this, that's the old man's stuff. Stop it. Stop it. Look at verse number 25. And, and, and again, he says this, he says, speaking every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That, that's talking about church context. And what he's saying is this, is that we have no business gossiping about one another, backbiting one another, or slandering one another, or lying against one another. We're part of the body. That'd be like me hitting myself. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why? And you want to ask Baptist churches why you keep hitting yourself. Because that's ultimately what we're doing with our tongues. Look at what... Look at verse number 29. He says, let no corrupt communication precede. Well, now, preacher, what really is a cuss word? Every language has a cuss word. Stop it. Stop justifying the wickedness of your tongue. Don't let any corrupt communication, cursing, I would even say this, foolish arguing, bickering, manipulation. I am so sick of that. Stop it. You got something you want to say? Be direct. Don't come by with some passive comment. Stop it. And the things that go on on social media. Well, I wasn't saying it. I was typing it. Same thing. Stop it. Put that stuff out and then put in the good. Well, here's what he says in verse 25. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor. And then in verse number 29, he says this. He says, but that which is good to the use of of edifying. So here's what our tongues can be used for. Tell somebody how to be saved. Witness to somebody, invite them to church. 
Pray with somebody or for somebody. Encourage somebody. I don't know about you, but I like those. I like it when somebody calls. Like, Brother Wisdom is one of the biggest blessings. Brother Jim Wisdom, he'll call me on Tuesday and, and go, Hey, preacher, I, I didn't need anything. I just, I just want to see how you were doing today. I like calls like that. The ones I don't like are, Do you got time to talk with me for a little while? I, got, I need this and I need... Okay, I won't write on. I don't mind those, but man, I like the ones where, hey, I don't, I don't need anything. How are you doing today? Because what people don't realize is that when you call the pastor, there's already been about 15 other people that have called the pastor to pour out all their problems and all their issues and all that. It's kind of good when somebody calls me and goes, hey, man, how are you doing? Pretty nice. Encourage one another, though. Don't you like that? So, so why don't you do that to other people? Well, bless their heart. Don't you understand so-and-so? Put out the bad and put in the good. Change the tongue. Let God help you change it. In fact, he goes on. Look at what else he says. If that ain't got you mad already, look at this one. Look at verse number 26. He says, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Notice the colon. Neither give place to the devil. You know what he's talking about here? Your temper, your temperament ought to change. Your temperament should change. And I and I realize you look at when you look at verse number when you look at verse number uh, twenty six and then you go down to verse number thirty one. It says, "Let all bitterness and wrath and, and anger." There's a little bit of you know we could say confusion, but but I believe this. You got to understand the context here, as with everything. Okay, all right. Paul's not contradicting himself or any of those things what ultimately he is saying is that our temperament needs to be under the control of the holy spirit of god that's what he's saying the command to be ye angry you understand that simply implies this folks there are some things that we should be angry about and i don't mean an ungodly manner i'll clear this up in a minute but i'm talking about a righteous indignation, all right? Kind of like when the Lord Jesus went into the temple and turned the money-changing tables over. Because here's why. His Father's house was to be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. So you understand, He had that righteous indignation. I'm just telling you that regardless of our culture, all right, there are still some things that are right and some things that are wrong, okay? And you and I, we are called to stand for what is right. And so there are some things that require, if I could say it like this, some righteous indignation, all right? But here's what I found in my life, all right? In mine. It's very easy to cross the line and get in the flesh on those issues. Now you're probably way more spiritual than me. I'm let that sink in, that sarcasm. No, I think we all struggle with it. Because I know this, it's real easy to go from righteous indignation to an act of the flesh. And this is not what we are to do. We are neither to tolerate that which is evil, but folks, we're not to become evil ourselves. And this is why the instruction comes in to not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Meaning this, that you need to make sure that you're taking those things to the Lord and being under control of the Spirit of God and letting God work those things out. And then he ends with this, neither give place unto the devil. Why? Because that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants it to go from a righteous indignation to an unrighteous anger. Is everybody catching this? In fact, he wants you to do one of two things. He wants you to either tolerate that which is evil, which is unfortunately what a lot of churches are even doing today, which is now why you have you know, transgender and homosexual people even in the pulpits. Folks, that's vile. That's wicked. That is ungodly. You you understand what I'm saying? So we shouldn't tolerate those things. So He wants us to tolerate it, but if we're not willing to tolerate it and we develop a righteous indignation about it, then He wants us to step over here in the flesh and act out on it in some ungodly fashion or way when that's not what we're neither to do either. Is everybody getting this? So that's what he's saying here is that our temperament, it needs to be under control. 
It, it needs to be under control of the Spirit of God. And we're letting God control us and our, 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 our temperament and how we react and how we respond to things. In fact, look at what else he goes on to is really our talents, what I would call our talents. In verse 28, he says, Let him that steals steal no more, neither, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may, give, that he may have to give to him that needeth. And, and so this, is, this is really has to do with the use of our hands. And so what he's saying is this, rather than using our hands for corrupt things and evil things like stealing, let, our, let us use our hands for laboring so that we might give or minister to those who are in need. Think about the evil that your hands can be used for. Maybe it was used to push a needle in your arm for some drug or to put a pill in your mouth for something you didn't need to have or to pour a can of alcohol down your throat. Maybe it was some kind of other corrupt or evil work, whatever the case may be. But now that you've been saved, you can use your hands for something else. You can use your hands to turn your pages in your Bible as you read it. You can use your hands to put together to pray for somebody or to put them on somebody to pray for them. You can use your hands to shake hands with somebody when they come in the church and to let them know they're loved and we care about them. Or to encourage somebody. Or you can use it to clean the restrooms or help out on the bus ministry or, or open the door for some kids coming into your Sunday school class or whatever the case may be. But what Paul is saying here is this, is that there's some external changes that immediately we can make and let God change us to change what our tongues are saying and what it's being used for and let it be used for the glory of God to change our temperament and how we respond and act to things and be controlled by the Spirit of God and even let Him change the things that our hands are being used for. And to be used in service unto God. But here's what I found. Sometimes I think we can learn all the right things to say and sometimes the right things to do. But still inwardly not be where we need to be with the Lord. So look at what he says in verse 31. Because he deals with the inward things and he says this, this is the stuff. This is the bad that needs to go. He says this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Well, all. You know, in the Greek, that just means a few things. No. It means all. You know, bitterness, the Bible talks about the root of bitterness. And the word right here literally implies, listen to this, here's what it implies, poison. Poison. Because that's what bitterness is, it's like poison. It'll eat you up from the inside out. It will rob you of that joy, that fulfillment that God intends for you to have. And it's like a weed, isn't it? I mean, you just you pull that you pull those weeds up, and like two weeks later, there they are again. I mean, I got the root in everything. And you know what I've found in my own life is this: is that sometimes bitterness comes up, you deal with it, and you let it go, but then a week later, there it is again, and you got to deal with it again. But you don't keep fighting; you keep pulling weeds, don't you? You don't let them take over. You just keep pulling those weeds. You keep praying. You keep turning it over. Listen, what, what I found is this, is that really the answer to bitterness in my life is to just fill up my life with thanksgiving. Hey, why not letting it be a day that we celebrate Thanksgiving? Why don't we have Thanksgiving every day? I'll let some of that bitterness go. Here's the other one, wrath. This word literally means passion as if breathing hard. wrath you ever heard that old saying boy they just get my blood boiling if your blood starts boiling you're dead that's talking about wrath anger this is actually a different word that's used in verse number 26 but it implies a desire for punishment or vengeance 
And, and do, you know, do you know what forgiveness actually means? It, it, it doesn't mean that we lay down and, and just let anything go. It means this. It means that we ask God to withhold judgment. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, He wasn't implying that what you're doing is okay. He was asking God to withhold judgment, all right, for crucifying the Son. In other words, what He was saying is this, He still desired for them to be saved. By the way, some of them might have got saved on the day of Pentecost. And you listen, you, you've got somebody that you're angry at, listen to this, you need to forgive them. Doesn't mean that you're agreeing with what they've done because what they've done may obviously have been wrong. But what it does mean is that you're asking God to withhold judgment in hopes that they might get saved or right with God. So to let that anger go and that forgive, forgiveness, you know, clamor, it means this, it means an outcry. It is a great outcry, a noise, an exclamation. It's kind of like this. You've offended me. Well, we live in a culture of clamor, don't we? And that may be true, but it also may be that you're making yourself out to be the victim. But regardless, whining about everything is not the appropriate way to deal with anything. Folks, you serve a God who's far bigger than your circumstances. And evil speaking is blasphemy. It's lashing out with a tongue towards those who have offended you or supposedly done you wrong. And malice is simply this. It is plotting that which is evil so you can get revenge. I'm just waiting for him to say what I want him to say and then I'm, I'm ready with an answer. Don't look at me like we don't think stuff like that because we do. Oh, the next time I see him, he's going to say this and I'm right there with a jab. That's malice. That's malice. That's malice. Is everybody getting this? You know what Paul's saying? Here's what Paul's saying. Stop it. Stop it. That's, that's not Christ-like. Put it out of you. Put it away from you. Okay, so what, what am I supposed to put in me? Look at verse 32. How about this one? Kindness one towards another. Do we need to define that? <laughs> Just exactly what is kindness? Well, it's not backbiting. And it's not gossip. And it's not beating somebody down with, their tongue, with your tongue. And it's not sitting at home malicing over them. Tender-hearted. Soft-hearted. Humble. I've always said that two humble people can get anything straight. That's really where our problem is right there. Just get humble, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, <laughs> for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You realize, everybody, you're sitting at home chewing on and malice about, mad about, and angry about. You, you realize you bear the same potential to be just as wicked as they are. And in fact, if you really started examining some things, you might find out you have been just as wicked as they are. And what Paul's saying is this. Folks, this, this, this stuff shouldn't be in our life. We're to be putting off the old man and putting on the new man. By putting out all of these external and internal things that are within us and just letting all of that stuff go and filling up our life with all of this stuff for the new man and having that within us and coming without us. Can, can, I, can I just ask you this? If I were to ask you what your walk is like right now, your way of life, which ones better describe it? Are, are you more like the old man? And you kind of giving into the flesh a lot more than the spirit and 
you know, your tongue is spewing out a lot of things that it shouldn't be or doing a lot of things that it shouldn't be. And maybe your hands have been doing things that it shouldn't be doing. Or, or you got stuff in here that shouldn't be in the child of God's life. Is that, is that better to describe you? Or, or are you more like the new man and, and going, man, preacher, I'm battling, but I'm, I'm submitting to the Spirit and I'm, I'm learning to be faithful and God's changing my tongue and changing my temperament and, and He's changing my, the, the, the things that I'm doing and my actions and my hands and, and I'm letting go of this bitterness and this clamor and all this stuff and I'm learning to forgive and, and to love people and man, you know, if I'm not careful, I might get some of that fulfillment. Walking in that light like you're talking about. Having God's love in my... Which, which one better describes where you're at right now? Because I'm just saying to you, if you're in Christ Jesus, please listen to this. You, this is not where you're called to be. And you can sit back and throw every excuse you want to at it. But it's just as simple as this. Put this stuff out. Put it away. Stop it. And start doing what God's told you to do. Put these things in. How's your walk? Which one better describes you? I don't know about you, but some days I'm over here. <laughs> Every now and then I find myself back over here. And I got to get right. And I got to go back over here. Pull them weeds out. Forgive. Move on. Love. Start doing right in my hands, my tongue. Let God control my temperament. But it's a daily battle. It's a daily battle. Let's all stand tonight.